There's a lot going on in America right now. A lot of hate, a lot of terrorism, a lot of rebellion. You know me, man. I'm gonna pray for America. Let's pray for America. Salute my troops, land of the free, red, white, and blue, blue. America I bleed. bleed, yeah, one nation under God. under God, stand tall but divided we fall, every law that goes against the Bible, Bible. no truth then there gotta be a lie bro, lie, bro. yeah, I'ma pray for the 5-0, all the hate gotta go like a typo, yeah, I'ma pray for the president, president. we need love for the thugs and the residents, yeah, yeah. hand baby in the womb, in the womb. it's alive, no baby in the tomb, much riots, too much fighting, too much crying, too much dying. Lord, I repent for America. Beautiful, I know that you care for her. Yeah, I'ma pray for America. Yeah, no hate for America. Can't save America. Lane of the free, red, white, blue. Hey man, welcome, welcome, welcome to another uh, amazing episode of the AV Podcast. I'm your host. They call me Abby's daddy. They call me Hannah's daddy. They call me the people's preacher. And so today we are having a, a, this is a special episode. We're going to get into doctrine. We're going to get into evangelism. We're going to get into uh, the gospel message. We're going to learn a lot about uh, doctrine today we got my brother coming um so it should be uh, a good time in the lord amen so with no further ado we want to get into it uh this brother comes uh from la mirada california via la habra california so we want to welcome my brother from another mother brother jeff what's good my brother how we doing today What's up, my brother? We're doing good over here. How you doing today, man? It's good. So you're from La Mirada, Villa, or Villa, uh, La Habra. Right, yeah, yeah. So I grew up in the city of La Mirada, and then now, but right now, I'm currently residing in the city of La Habra, yeah. You're cur- you, sound, yeah you sound reformed. I'm currently residing in uh, La Habra. Well, I live in La Habra Heights. It's That's what Facebook says. Right. <laughs> hey man, we'll talk to you. You live on the other side of Whittier Boulevard, right? Yeah, like 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 twenty feet from you. But it's La Habra Heights. Yeah. Hey man. But yeah. uh, t- talk to us a little bit like, you know, uh so uh you know, how's 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 your week been? I know you started a new job. God has been got God's been opening yeah. doors for you. Uh talk to us, man. Give us a, a little uh, a little snippet of uh, of who you are, just real quick. Oh yeah, so um my week's been going really well. I start, like you said, I started a new job. I'm working at Goodwill now, and I really enjoy it. Before that, I mean, I had a job out in uh, Paris, and the, the commute was really long with the gas money and all that, not having really time for anything for my family. So I decided to walk away from that, and I decided to just go and seek the Lord for another, like, four months. But I was looking for work, just but being patient on it and uh, just seeking God and what he wanted for me. And so he opened this door right here. I got. A, I have a. I have a background, bro. Like I still got a background on a rap sheet. Mm. You know what I mean. So, it was really God opening the door there because they got back at me and like we're probably just gonna hire you as a as a temp until your background comes comes back. We get your background checked back and um, and but uh but they accepted me in, bro. Ooh, come they on, they gave me the job. 
You know what I mean? They opened the door for me. And, and I really enjoy it because before I was out in Paris, I was working for another uh, nonprofit called Grateful Hearts. Mm. And I really didn't want to leave that job. And I think that I took the other job without really seeking the Lord on it. And in that season in my life really wasn't, just wasn't, it was kind of off, bro. And, um, and anyway, so I really, I really love that job in Grateful Hearts. It was a food bank. And so now I'm at another, uh, nonprofit. Mm. And though, no matter how you look at it, it's a place where, uh, it helps people. Amen. It helps the, uh, ment- it helps mentally ill people find jobs. It helps, uh, people that are struggling to, uh, get back into work. Like people like me that come from prison or whatnot, they give them a chance. Yeah. So God opened that door, man. So it's been going good, bro. Yeah. I remember going back and forth with you on the phone and, um, you know, it, just how, um, how awesome and amazing God can be, you know, sometimes, you know, you know, we don't, we don't realize that, you know, God can um, soften people's hearts where they're normally not going to make that decision or they're normally going to say, sorry, bro. You know, I just, uh, we just can't do this right now. And they'll give you 150 reasons why they can't give you that job. But when it's yours, it's yours. And we're, I tell people like this all the time. And, 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 and I'm a perfect example of, I shouldn't be, I should have got fired five times yesterday. Right. So (laughs) what happens with God and, and, and it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's awesome to hear, uh, what you're saying, because we didn't have, we didn't finish the conversation because I know that you told me I'm going to start and we'll see what happens, you know, see what the Lord has yeah. and uh, how God can just really just turn things around. And, and, um, you know, uh, man, they, they, I, I like this, this quote I heard years ago. It says, you want to make God laugh, you tell him your plans. And God has a way of just putting your name on the top of the list. God has a way of when people look at your paper and they, they see what man sees. And for some reason, God just like, you know what? I'm, I, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm going to give right. you a chance. I don't know why I'm going to give you this, this loan. I don't know why I'm letting you take this car with no down payment. I don't know why. I don't know why. We're like, well, I don't know why, but you don't know why, but I know why. <laughs> Secondly yeah. is God. I know God put you there because he has something for you besides making money. You know, right. it, it, God is very strategic. I'm, I'm sure that you're ministering there. I'm sure you're, you're, uh, there's a very few guys that I know that I know that when they go somewhere, they're going to preach. They're going to preach. Yeah. I hear people say like, Oh, don't give that. Oh, don't, that guy going to preach, man. You know, like they're yeah. just some of us, there's some Christians out there. I call them CIA Christians. They're like undercover. Yeah. Like, you work with them 10 years and they tell you they're Christian. You're like, you Christian? Oh, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like guys like us, yeah. man, it's like, we ain't got nothing else to give nobody. Like I ain't got, I ain't got money. I ain't got no health tips. I don't got no stock tips, you know? I, yeah. It's just Jesus. But amen. Praise God. Uh, you know, uh, uh, and I know you can get all the discounts. Not <laughs> You're like, yeah. hey man, this new couch just came in. You better hurry up and get here. <laughs> Yeah, but I can't shop at that one no more. I'm like, man, I, that's my favorite one to go to, bro. I can't shop there no more because so I work there though. So I gotta, I gotta go to different ones now. You're like, hey, can you make sure that that uh, that couch goes to that one? <laughs> but, hey, man, bro, hey, yeah, make that, sure you put that up. Uh, put that but yeah, on the but God's good, bro. And like you said, we're just being a just being a light, you know, and, a, and everywhere we go, bro. Even at work, uh-huh. at home, wherever we are, bro. How uh, you know what? Let, let's good, let's go from there. How important it is for you as a believer to um you know some people say you know hey man you know like you're at work and you know you should just be working you know you're on somebody else's time um how how important it is for you to to be a light at your work and and talk to us about how God has 
probably been using you already. You know, um, yeah. Can you, you know, how can you encourage someone to be like, you know what? Regardless, you're there not just to make money, but you're there to share God's word. Talk to us a little bit. Encourage, encourage someone that might be listening that feels yeah. like, man, I want to, but this is my workplace. This is, you know, uh, I want to be cool. I want to be at the cool kid table. Talk to us, man. Yeah, so I would say this, man, and this is just being transparent, what I've been going through. And uh, it's just like this. It says, like, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all things will be added unto you. Mm-hmm. And so now when we're seeking, when we're truly seeking, bro, right, we're seeking God. Because I've been in seasons where I wasn't really seeking. Mm. I was just going through motions, and my job was just a job. And mm. my job was miserable, bro. And it was me trying to be follow rules and do this because I'm a Christian. But when I'm now, right now in the season that I've been in of just seeking, really seeking God and seeking his will for my life, I've really come to a place where at work now, this job that I've been at, man, um, just really looking at my job, like looking, working unto the Lord. Mm. And I've heard, I've heard pastors say that. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard people say that before many times, bro. And they understood that probably, but it didn't really click for me back then. But uh, just recently, just just focusing on that, like literally thinking about it, like, man, I'm really I'm even if it's like something that's kind of like oh, this guy's doing too much. I'm still going to just respond in a way where I'm working unto the Lord. Mm. Right. Because I'm understanding for one that I'm I'm representing. Ooh, come on. Right? Come on. Everybody in that place already knows that I'm a Christian. Right. E- everybody knows. And so while I'm there, I'm representing Christ. And so as I'm representing Christ, we know the Holy Spirit's in us. Scripture starts popping up through your mind. The fruit of the Spirit's flowing through you when you're seeking God. Um, So what it's been is just like, for example, the Lord also blessed me with another brother there. He's from VO Santa Ana. He's he's an older gentleman, 71 years old, working right there. But just something that's in my heart. And this this isn't me, bro. This is the Holy Spirit working through me just looking at him and just saying what needs to be done. He's been there longer than me. And he, I understand he's a brother and not just because he's a brother, but even those who are like uh, my, my supervisors or whatever, just saying what needs to be done. And the same way that I'm going to take that role of being a servant at church, when I'm in front of my pastor, when I'm in front of the leaders, Hey, uh, Jeff, can you go do this? Boom. No questions asked. Go do it. You know what I'm saying? And, and I don't want to say this to say, Oh, you could, Somebody tells you to do the wrong thing, go do the wrong thing. Nah, but when you're working unto the Lord and you know that it's to get the job done in your workplace, I have that mindset now where I'm just like, this this older brother has been here a while. I'm going to do it the way he's asking me to do it. Even if I see maybe, oh, this might be a faster way. or maybe, For this season right now, I'm going to work unto the Lord. And I'm just going to, as if as if Jesus was telling me, hey, Ooh, it's, I'm looking on. at it like it's him telling me through him. Even though I know he's filled with the spirit, and even if my boss isn't filled with the spirit, I'm looking at it that way because I know he's sovereign. Mm. And just being grateful that he opened the door for me to be in that place. And I really, uh, because I really wanted to take that job. So, yeah. So, amen. No, no. I think, yeah, man. I think uh, that you said we, we hear it. We hear it over the pulpit. And we hear it. We even probably say it. But to really, to like, to really do it. Like for me, Sometimes I, 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 I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes I'm there and I'm just like, Ugh. and then I think I'm like, yeah. you know, Lord, like I'm supposed I work for you first. You, you, the boss of all bosses, yeah. you know, you gave me yeah. this job. I, I got to serve my boss unto you. Like, okay, I'm going to serve you through my boss. 
And sometimes, you know, because, you know, I think I know more than my boss and I'm smarter than everybody in the building, you know. Uh, and uh, But uh, like you're yeah. saying, doing what you're told, understanding at the end of the day that you're, you're an ambassador, you're representing Christ. And you may, you know, this is an old saying, but you may be the Jesus they only see. You may be the yeah. only the Bible they only read, and so very very that's a, that's a great uh, that's a, an amazing way to look at it because we know that everything we are and everything we have is God and it belongs to Him. So right. that that job we are being a steward of it. You know, God says this is this is the job I'm giving you. I need you to work hard. I need you to to follow the policies and the rules, and I need you to be there. and And sometimes I think we forget. We think we're working for the man. Or working for that company, right. and in reality, it's like, nah. God's like, you're working for me, but amen. Right, bro. Yeah, because it's biblical. I think it's in uh, Peter. It's in the book of either First or Second Peter, where he talks about um, like owners and like slaves and owners. But we can apply that in the sense of of uh, masters, as far as being our employers and us being, um, what is it? What's the word, bro? Employers and. Uh, Employees. employees yeah 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 you know what i'm saying and really even even to the ones who are harsh but to still but to still work unto them and and have that godly that godly spirit and being that light bro because eventually what's gonna happen oh, when they see you being talk consistent about it. like that talk about it they're gonna be like what what is up with this dude like what's up with him like yes. that's gonna be a testimony in itself so that so that the gospel that you are preaching they're gonna be like dude okay yes that's that's that's, that's what's up you know and that's what i think <clears throat> that we forget because, you know, God is a big picture God. He's the Alpha. He's the Omega. He sees the beginning from the end. We sometimes don't see past five minutes. So we're not we're not thinking that yeah. God wants to use me to reach this guy. As ignorant as he is, I feel, or he's against me. Like, even with my boss. Like, I'm like, ah, new boss just came in. You know, he's been, you know, new sheriff in town attitude. And I remember, like, you know what? I'm going to give this dude a hard time. Like, should I give him a hard time? I don't know. I'm going to give him a hard time. Then I'm okay. Okay, I'm not going to give him a hard time. And I remember one day he looked at me and he started asking me questions because I needed to take some days off. And I was like, okay, Lord, like, I under, I get it now. Like, you have to re, re uh, what's the word? You have to, like, re-show re, re me, like, uh, these are the, I'm, I want you to reach these people. So, you know, uh, you need to act right. You need to, you need to. Act right, right Dave. Yeah. Behave, Dave, you know. And yeah. um, because one day they're gonna be like, <laughs> Yeah, hey man, can I ask you a question? Or hey man, I uh I'm, I'm I need some prayer, bro. And uh yeah. that's when you're like, okay. And uh, like you're saying, a lot of times, you know, like like I tell people, a lot of times, because we don't we're not seeing past our five five minutes, our our situation, our 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 uh our little like emotional state at that point like we're so upset and so like i can't believe they did that to me i can't believe they're treating me this way versus okay lord there's a bigger plan here you have there's right. there's, there's there's it's bigger than me it's not just about right. me at this moment and so i think a lot of times uh, like you say you know like knowing that one day they're gonna be like hey can I, you know can you i talk to you can you pray with me and Hey, you know why? Yeah. Why do you? Why do you let that guy talk to you that way? Why do you still? Why are you still nice to that guy? Well, this is why. And boom, you hit him. Yeah. Hey, amen. <laughs> hey, amen. Go ahead and um. You know, we always like to do the scripture of the day. I call it my go-to's. You know, the world uh, when they go through trials and tribulations, they go through ups and downs. Um. You know, the world, just human beings in general, we we tend to to go to vices. Uh, 
to comadres, right. to compadres, to Instagram, to Facebook. Not it seems like we go to the most ignorant people in our lives for some of the best. Yeah. Like I'm gonna go to my coworker for some biblical advice. Like I know I'm not getting nothing from that dude. But as Christians, we know that where our source of strength is, our wisdom, clarity, understanding. It's it's God's word, you know. So go ahead and give us uh, the word, uh, the scripture for the day, and um, break it down, brother. So this is for all you fools out there and for all you weak people. And I say that and I say that with love because I was one of them fools and one of them weak people. But it's, I'm, I'm going to share the scripture, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 27. And I remember when I first got saved early in my walk, this is something that always stuck with me. And this is something that I really, the Holy Spirit really kept in my heart. Um, yeah, so it says this, for God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty and the base things of the world and the things which are despised. God has chosen and the things which are not to bring nothing the things that are, or yeah, to bring to nothing the things that are. So that scripture, like um, like I said, that's been something that when I first started reading the word of God and really digging into it and fell in love with it, uh, when the spirit, I received the spirit, that's something that the Holy Spirit always put on my heart. And I hope that this can encourage those who maybe are out there that are feeling weak, those that are out there that are, are that are feeling foolish, those, are, those out there that really don't have anything, um, because the Bible is very clear that that's, those are the people that God chooses. And the reason why he chooses those people is because he wants to show the world that they're not wise, that he mm. is wise. Come on. And that all the glory, everything that we have comes from him, you know, and that's why he that's why he chooses us, the weak things. And then he uses us weak things, right? And he makes us really strong. Mm. When we when we when we surrender to him and he uses us foolish things and he makes us really wise and um because for those who are of the world, who are seeking these things to be strong and to be wise within their own strength, he uses us as a testimony to them, even to point them to him. Because that's the whole purpose of everything is to point people to him and to give him the glory. And so that we can worship him, bro. And, and those scriptures like that scripture right there just blew me away when I when I read that scripture. And even when I fell in love with Jesus Christ, um, just knowing that he would choose somebody like me or that he would choose somebody out there who was like me. Um, that's just like, I don't know. That just made me really fall in love with him and who he is and his character, you know? So yeah, that's the word of the day. <laughs> Amen. Hey, that scripture, uh, it, that scripture, you, it, 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 it brings me a little emotional because I, I, I know I tell people like there isn't nothing special about us. Everything good yeah. about me is him. You're like, you know, people like to say, oh, man, good man. He's a good man. He He's a good. I'm like, nah, bro, ain't nothing good about yeah. me, bro. I'm a wretch. I'm wretched. I'm toe up. But, you know, God, the way God uses those. And and I tell people, the reason why I, I, I God likes to pick guys like me, no education. We're not that smart. We don't talk that. We're not. That, we might think we cool. And we might. I always tell everybody, I feel like I'm a legend in my own mind. But and at the end of the day, like, yeah. hey, at the end of the yeah. day, I know that I'm trash, that like that there's yeah, nothing man. good about yeah. me and uh, everything good about me is him. And so how yeah. could I brag? How could I boast on anything like uh, 
like I tell people, like I didn't even know how to read when I got saved. You know, I didn't. Yeah. You know, comprehend. I, I wasn't. Yeah, what is that? What What is that class that? Uh, it's a class that I was in, like most of the elementary. Uh, RSP. Uh-huh. Was it RSP? RSP yeah, that, the yeah, really smart yeah. people. Amen. Really special people. Really there you smart go. People. And so I would tell people, yeah. like, my comprehension has always been off. Like, like uh, yeah, reading man. things and, and and understanding after I read something. You know, like the multiple choice. I was just like C. It's it's C. Because yeah. I, I couldn't, exactly. and I come to the thing, I come to, to God, bro, and uh, I'm like, you know, Lord, like, I just want to be used by you. Like, like you're saying, like, you chose me, you, you delivered me, you gave me a new song to sing, I'm living this new life, and uh, of course, like, I want to know your word, and I just be, like, the story for so many people, you know, you, me, everybody, like, and when you, when you open up that, that word, and you begin to read it and it makes sense. Yeah. And I'm like, how does this yeah. thing make sense when if I'll close it, open up a science book or a, or a history book, and then it's like Chinese. Yeah. Uh, and it just like. And that's ancient. Huh? And that's an ancient text compared to a a new science book. You know what I mean? It's just like, wow, man. And, and I tell. That's real right there, bro. You know? And I tell people all the time, I say, you know, I don't know why, I don't know how I got to where I got. I don't know. Yeah. I go, I go, it, it, we might sound smart, but we're not that smart. It's it's him. Yeah. It's it's his anointing. It's his spirit. It's his power. It's his word. I said, the things that I say, I tell people, if I ain't talking about Jesus, just don't listen to me. You're going to be all jacked up anyway. But when God begins to move through a, a man or a woman, man, whoo. I, I met guys yeah. that are like as simple as they can be. Simple men of God, yeah. simple women of God sharing the simple message. And it's just like, whoa. Versus some yeah. guys that they just it's all here, but not here. Yeah, man. And and Go not ahead. to not to it's all, yeah, bro. It's not to and then it's like because I have conversations with me with people and I isn't and this and this is not to boast, but this is just to glorify God. I have conversations with certain people and they're like, Man, like how did you how do you understand that? How did you come? And I'm like, you don't understand. Like, come on. I'm re- I was, and I said this to people and they, they've mocked me because of it. I said, you don't get it. I was retarded. Mm. Like literally not. I was like somebody who was like, stay away from that dude. Mm. That dude does not know where he's going. That dude that cannot hold a job. That dude cannot, cannot do anything. I couldn't, I couldn't uh do anything, bro. I didn't, I didn't go past the ninth grade. Mm. You know what I mean? I, I was just in and out of jail my entire life using drugs since I was uh, 11 years old, bro. Um, I, there was no hope for me, man. But it was just by falling in love, by God choosing me, falling in love with him, mm. him giving me his spirit. Yes. All of a sudden, I'm reading these scriptures and I'm just, well, at first I had a hunger for it. Yeah, his amen. spirit yeah, just yeah. gave me a hunger. And in that hunger, I just put, no, nah, I just wanted to keep eating it. I just wanted to keep reading it, keep reading it. And then Next thing I know, I'm just like, boom, boom, boom. Like, it's just coming together. But it was all it was all by him. It was mm. all from his glory. And going back to that scripture, right? First uh, yeah, Corinthians yeah. 127. And it just comes like, it just comes by by just just seeking him, bro, and just mm. falling in love with him and just um, coming to an understanding of his gospel. You know what I mean? Uh, no, it's, so, yeah. it's definitely, and you That's said, the, I ain't heard someone say that word. In the, I don't know if we can use those words anymore, can we? Retarded? Which one? 
Uh, hey, they don't. Hey, they're gonna like cancel a... both of us right now. They're gonna cancel yeah, us. Yeah, but... but no, that's yeah, true. Yeah, my mom. Even my even my mom, bro. My mom. My mom tells me, oh, I don't know how I have such a good son, and I'm like, mom, just stop, <laughs> mom. I am not good, mom. Uh, you but... don't understand. That's why you gotta believe the, the gospel. So use that. Go to Christ. Mm, that's who's on. doing this, mom. Give him the glory, mom. Stop. <laughs> stop telling me that and go to him. Put your trust in him, you she, know? You know your mama, yeah, she's proud of her baby. She's proud of her baby. <laughs> Come on. I, I think that's like that. It, 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 she's proud of her baby, but amen. So talk to us a little bit about the uh, the, uh, the the name, the, the 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 screen name right there. You know, Which uh, one, despise and rejected, or the one that no, that, that despise so and rejected? <laughs> we'll get into the cholo one. Yeah, so 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 despise despised and rejected. That's a, something that, like, when I was busted, I um, would read. Uh, it was Isaiah fifty three, and so when I was uh, when I when I gave my life to to the Lord, when I really surrendered my life to the Lord, um, it was this scripture right here, Isaiah fifty three, chapter three or verse three. He says, he is despised and rejected by men. So that's another thing that, that really resonated with me when I came to Christ. Um, I, was, I was at that moment in my life, I was despised by men. I was rejected by men. I was going through, rejected by my family, rejected by everybody around me. And I don't blame them because of who I was and a lot of the things I did. But I was I was despised and rejected by by everybody around me. And so when I started reading about Jesus and understanding the gospel, when I got to Isaiah 53, 3, that really resonated with me that he was despised and rejected by men. And he didn't deserve that, even though I deserve that. He didn't deserve that. Mm. But he became that for me. And that's something that just really that's another scripture that really stuck with me about the character, about who Christ was and what he went through for us when he came here, bro. And so that's why something like nobody wants to be despised, bro. Mm -hmm. Like nobody yeah. wants to be rejected. We all want to be accepted and we all want to, uh, I don't know what's the opposite of despised, but that's just something that I, I'm willing to be for mm -hmm. his name because of what he did for me, bro. So that's why, that's why uh, I go with that one on my, on my IG. And man, you know, <laughs> when, uh, you know, when you think about it, you know, to be, uh, uh, I don't know word for word the scripture where it talks about to, when the world loves you, and this is just my what, uh, just my words. If the world loves you, that's a problem. If the world's not right. rejecting you, that might be a problem. If the world is not despising right. you, if the world you know a friend to the world, you know is is a is is something that let, let, you know what let's talk about that a little bit because we're living in a world where even Christians they're not willing to take that that label that you wear so proudly. Christians right. are not willing to, because we, we're not sitting at the cool kid table no more. Let's just be honest with you. I've right. been around 22 yeah. years, and I remember there was a time where being Christian was cool. You know, you wear your WWJD bracelet. Come on. You got your Not of This World <laughs> sticker on your car, and it was cool to yeah. be Christian. It was cool to say you go yeah. to church on Sunday. Uh, within, I say, right before Trump, um, maybe right, right, right around Obama, maybe. That's when, you know, things started to happen. Same-sex marriages and, and uh, abortion <clears throat> and all these things become like, boom, it's just, it just more important than ever. And then before you know it, people are, what do you think? What do you think? And as a Christian, you're like, nah, nah, I'm, I'm for family. I'm for, I'm for yeah. you know, this. Yeah. I'm for A, B, and C. And you see 
little by little, being Christian wasn't cool. People are like, you know what? I, 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 I'm spiritual now. I'm not Christian anymore. And right. The BLMs right. and the LGBTQ community, and you know all these different movements and and isms. And now we're in a place where, right away, it's like, he's Christian, mm. and it's like cool, because at the end of the day, I tell people when you open your mouth. You wanna, you're gonna offend man or God, and my goal is not to offend God. Like, to just br- bring it back. Like, I don't wanna, I don't right. wanna, you know, especially during the uh, the elections. Like, hey, Trump, I'm gonna be honest with you. I was going hard for Trump. I ain't gonna lie. But I told yeah. people at the end of the day, he's not my God. He's not my King. What he's, he got a few things that I'm, I rock with. That's cool. But. So when people are like, well, what do you think about A, B, and C? And I'll be like, well, this is what the Bible says. This is what I. This is why I, I believe this. So I believe that. And you're a hater, and you're this, you're that. What have you? What have you experienced where you could say, like, man, you know what? I've been rejected, and I, I've been, you know, I, I've been, you know, looked at as a hater, uh, hate speech. You know, like, if you're any, if you're living in this world, you you got you 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 put you have to pick a side. You know, and, yeah, man. And so, yeah. t- talk to us a little bit about wearing that label with—I don't want to say pride because you know, pride is not a good thing, but like an, it's kind of like an honor to be despited and rejected. Yeah, um, this, this, this. I think so. So, some of the experience that I've had with that, I've had a lot of it with with some old friends, friends from my past. You know what I mean? I've had people like get at me, like you, like don't talk to me no more. You a Christian? I'm a gangster, fool, whoopie whoop. <laughs> And that's just for standing with the Lord. You know what I mean? And these were people that were, I'm not going to say they were scared of me, but these were people who who, was, who wouldn't say nothing to my face but talk behind my back. But now because I was walking with Christ, they felt that they could get at me in a foul way. I've dealt with that. Um, I've dealt with, um, because then these were the same people that tried to go against me when I was in that lifestyle as well. Or that people that didn't have the, the uh, I don't know what the right word is, the heart. You know what I mean? To stand for what is right, even in that old life, bro. So, but mm-hmm. even, even with the subject, like we'll bring up the subject of abortion. Yes. Um, that is a very, very uh, touchy subject right now. Definitely. That's, that's taking place where we know what's going on in the Supreme court and what's going on in the, in California. Um, and even talking with family members, talking with people online, talking with friends, talking with people that just don't see it the way that we see it. They don't think that, um, and I think that right now, that's something that we need that that uh, us as believers that we have to fight for, that we have to stand for, mm. because that's what something that's very close to God's heart, the orphan and the widow. Right. Mm, or come on. The, the children. Right. So um, the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter five, eleven that have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. And anytime us as Christians want to speak the truth and expose the truth. The, expose the lie because what we got to understand is that the world is walking in darkness mm. so when we come to them with a the message of hey it's okay hey god accepts you hey god forgives you yes god will forgive you mm-hmm. but you need to repent from the murder that you just committed on that little baby it Ooh, was come murder on. come on it wasn't it wasn't something to just say oh it wasn't it, it was uh it wasn't life yet or whatever excuse that they make up yeah. no it was murder and so what, what, what takes place at that moment, the one whose God's spirit is moving on, that person's going to come to a place of, dang, he's right. Dang, he's right. What do I do? I just murdered my child. 
What do I do? But the person who's still walking in darkness, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to be very, very angry with you to the, where he's going to reject you. He's going to, the world is going to despise you. And it could even happen in workplaces. This happened the other day. A woman in the, in the, in the break room said, what are your views on, um, on abortion? Do you follow politics? And, and there it was, and that was my You're opportunity. Like, yes, that I was my do. opportunity. <laughs> and so, and so I shared it with her. Yeah. I just, I gave her the tr truth. But I gave. But there's also a way you don't just bash them like, oh, you're a murderer. Yes, abortion yes, is murder. Yes. And you're a murderer. You're going to hell. You know? No, it was no. Look, I believe that at the moment of conception, uh, that is life. That's human life. At the moment that 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 the seed meets the the egg, and there that conception, it starts right there. That is when life takes place, and anything to thwart that, right, is murder. You're mm. stopping life. You're playing God and you're stopping life. But, and I'm standing here as a man who's been a part of abortion before I came to Christ when I was 18 years old. I, but I'm not saying though to the person that has partook in abortion that there's no hope for you, but you need to understand that that is murder, that mm. abortion is murder. And I shared it with her in a way that was just confronting, but at the same time, at the same time pointing her to the only hope for her if she agreed with me wow. and she mm. didn't agree with me but you know um and i'm pretty sure i don't know what they're gonna how they talk you know when i'm not there but whatever <laughs> but you know what i mean it yeah. is what it is so you have to you have to you have to take your stand as a as a christian you know so no uh, amen uh, it is uh, definitely uh, uh times of trial at times uh, that people are are are, are being put in a position, hey, are you going to stand for what is righteous? Are you going to stand for what is biblical? Or are you going to fold? I mean, it, it is right. what it is. Like I tell people that the whole, I'm a Christian, you know, pray, you know, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for his food. Amen. Those days are done. Those uh, and they, a lot of the time. Yeah. Go ahead. A lot go of ahead. the times they'll want to use, they'll want to use, um, uh, don't judge. Mm -hmm. And you won't be one. They want to take scriptures like that. And, apply that to themselves and take it out of context, you know, because we are not to judge the world, but we are to proclaim God's judgment yes. to the world for the sake of pointing them to the father, for the sake of pointing them to Christ, which is going to lead them, which is going to reconcile them back to the father that, cause that's what they need. Right. And so, and a lot of the times that in order for forgiveness to be taken place, for forgiveness to take place, there needs to be repentance. Mm, There's on. no forgiveness without repentance. And so what we misunderstand with forgiveness is we think that we got to go around as Christians just saying, oh, you can do whatever you want. I forgive you. You mm -hmm. can do whatever you want. I forgive you. Even though they didn't offend us or whatever the case may be. But no, what we understand is that when, when Jesus talks about if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. Or in the parable that he uses before that or in that same chapter, He's talking about church discipline mm. and he's taught, he's not talking about to the one who continues to offend you. Well, you forgive, you don't hold grudges, but he's not talking about to the one who does not repent to just keep accepting them back. No, there's actual church discipline for the one who offends and does not want to repent. We can see in Paul in the book of how he dealt with a believer, right? Who was walking in this way. He said, hand him over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh, mm. you know, so that, but for what point to bring them to godly sorrow. Right. And so even, so now us being a light in the world, we are to call people to repentance because they can't gain forgiveness 
unless they're confronted with the sin and to tie that back into what we're talking about, you're going to, you as a believer, you're going to be despised. You're going to get rejected. But then at times though, you're going to partake in, and in, in, you're going to get to partake in and feel God's presence mm, and you're going to get to see him glorified, bro. And then that's where the believer you get, there's nothing like it. So that despite yes, that being yes, despised yes. and being rejected is like, I, yes, like this we is don't want to, we don't, we're not seeing that, but at the same time, we love that yes. because we understand that we're not of the world, bro. You know, and, and you know what? Yeah, it's so true, man. I tell people all the nonsense that we go through for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of God. Amen. Because there's those moments, bro. There's those moments where God blows you away, where people will come and you'll be you, you, you'll probably have about eh, maybe not even that much part of it. You're there. And you're there to experience the move of God. And you see people come to know God. You see people crying and breaking and repenting and, hey, you know, like seeking God. You're like, payday. I always tell people, well, that's the payday right there. Like, if it was for this guy, I'm in. I'm in. Like, especially when we, you know, we do evangelism and we hit the streets, just seeing God move, man. It, yeah. It's all worth it. It's all worth it. What do you say to the person that says, well, isn't God, God is love? Isn't your Jesus yeah. about love? So doesn't he love me? Yeah. What do you say to that person yeah. that says, hey, God is love, right? <laughs> I say, yeah God, yeah, God is love. And God is love. And a part of God's love is justice. Mm. Uh, and so I tell people this, look, man, when we sin, well, we got to understand the reason why God hates sin so much is because sin doesn't, like when you sin, right, you're not only affecting you, Right but you're affecting him, mm. you're, you're offending him, you're offending mm. him, right? And not only that, but a lot of the times, the sins that we partake in, we offend our neighbor. So yes, God is love. And the reason why God pours out justice against sin as a part of being his, uh, as a part of his love is that he does not like to see any, any human being that has been created in his image to be offended by some other human being who is very prideful and doesn't have any repercussions for what they're doing when they offend another person. And so when they just say, hey, God is love in this mushy-gushy type of love way where mm. it's just free love, I don't think that's the kind of, that's not biblical love. You know, uh, true biblical love is obviously God. God is love and love is God, right? And that and that, and a part of that love is is uh, speaking the truth with love. Yes. And a part of that love is is, is justice. Right. And that justice is the fact that God is going to, in his love, is going to cast many people to hell mm. because of his love. Not everybody's going to make it to heaven and, I, and not, not everybody in the church is going to make it to heaven. Those claiming to be Christian. Yeah, there's a lot of the, the Bible's clear that the tares are going to grow amongst the wheat and the enemy's the one who sold them there. And um, so when we talk about God's love, we understand that God's love comes with a conviction a confrontation of your sin because God is sinless. There's no, there's mm -hmm. no hating God. God's not the one causing me to uh, um, uh, hate my neighbor. God's not the one causing somebody to, to, to uh, have an abortion. God's not the one um, causing the war, but it's us. Mm -hmm. It's us. And the desires are lust for things like, let's look at Israel. A lot of people like to talk about, Oh, God sent Israel to kill all these people. Yeah. 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 
but let's not forget that the reason that all these things are happening is because of men and their sin. Come on. So God is, is working things for the good through Israel, through people for the good, because even those people that he had them take out were people that were worshiping pagan gods and sacrificing children to the God of Molech or mm. to the God of Baal or whatnot. And so we understand that, that, that through that, through God working, um, through that, that, um, we can't, God is, is, is love and God is perfect. And, and it's us who is evil, it's mm. us who continues to do things that God has to try to work for the good, or he does work for the good through his sovereignty. But also, and yeah, man, there's, man. there's an old school saying that, you know, sloppy agape, sloppy agape. Right. You know? And, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's that sloppy old school, agape, man. that's that old school, uh, Pentecostal. The sloppy agape. I, I like to call it like like being just like passive. I don't want to deal with it really. Mm. So I'm just gonna say I forgive and I love. I love mm. everybody. Amen. And but um, really, I just I'm just avoiding it. One of the things that I love, and uh, we'll probably we're gonna talk about it later. But one of the things about being a parent that I think gives you a better understanding of love is correction. Like you're saying, you know, uh, you right. know, like if you love your kids, you're gonna you're gonna call them out. You you love your kids, you're gonna correct them. You love your kids, you're gonna discipline them. You're you're because yeah. you you want the best for them. You want them to learn. Right. You want them to grow and become the what that God has called them to be. And I tell people like, yeah, you can probably catch it. You know, God God will give you the understanding. But as a parent, even more, because you know I tell my kids like, if I love you, I'm gonna have to call you out. Um, but there's a yeah. way of doing it. I get it. There's there's tact. Right. You know, sometimes yelling. You know, I told my daughter the other day, do you love me? She's like, yeah. I go, can I change anything? She goes, yeah, you yow. And I go, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I said, but sometimes I got to tell yeah. you you're wrong, but my tactic is bad. But if you love your kids, I tell people, you love your kids, you got to you got to call them out. You got to let them know what they're doing wrong. You got to sit, you know, and I'm getting, and I'm not good at it. Uh, my wife's better at it than I am, but yeah, the sloppy agape. And man, I know we've been talking about a lot of things and it's been good. It's real good. So let's continue. Um, um, give us a little, uh, t take us back. And I know we're probably going like left field now, but you talked about earlier in, in, in our conversation about being, uh, well, you so uh, you're jacked up, messed up in the head, mentally, yeah. you know, uh, retarded, retarded, <laughs> retarded. Let, let, I mean, I don't, I don't know if that, maybe that is a bad word. <laughs> I don't want to offend nobody who, but no, 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 for real. But I mean that in the realest, like, yeah, 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 yeah. In the sense well, of know, like, that's the word we used, you know, there's a lot of yeah, words we sure. used in the nineties, the eighties <laughs> that would literally put us probably in Facebook jail. Right. Yeah. And man. Some of the things my, <laughs> I told my mom, some of the things you did to me and said to me, you'd be in prison today. I'm sorry. You'd, yeah. you'd be in prison. You'd be on you'd be on Judge Judy going to prison. But anyways, yeah, man. talk to us a little bit about that season. We'll, 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 we'll go there. That season where you because this is what I tell people. Nobody wakes up Monday morning wanting God. Nobody right. says, I think I'm going to serve God today. I think I'm going to seek this Jesus. Right. There is uh, uh, the Bible says that only by the spirit. And then no one comes but through the son. So, you know, yeah. people, oh, I found God. Well, where was he? Because you were lost, not him. But take us to that season where you believe that God was drawing you. And then we'll kind of get into your walk and how you developed into the God, man of God you are. But take us to that season where 
for for every believer, I really believe it's a season of okay, I'm getting tired here. You know, uh, yeah. God's drawn me. I, you know, you may not understand really totally what's going on, but it's God. So take us to that yeah. season, my brother. Okay, so that season, man, was crazy, bro. Like just really crazy because of who I was and um, some some of my testimony from my younger years of, um, like I said, bro, I've been using dope. I've been doing drugs, man, since I was, not anymore, but I was doing <laughs> drugs since I was uh, 11, bro, since I could remember, man, whether it was drinking alcohol, Mickey, smoking cigarettes, um, taking drugs from my, from whoever, you know, methamphetamine, marijuana, um, just always using drugs, man. And so, that season when God drew me to him, though, to fast forward was um, I had did an altar call, man. And I, I was really like, I think he was tugging on my heart, but I really believe at that time I didn't give everything to God. So anyways, I, I, um, I was with a woman at that time. And um, at that I had in the, we, we got, uh, we got married. I went to prison. Um, when I went to prison, right. She was supposed to be going to stay on the team and whatnot, whatever. She, she half, halfway through, bro, like I already expected it. But at the same time, I didn't. I was like trying to hold on to her for whatever reason. She, she's like, hey, um, uh, I'm with somebody else, whoop-de-whoop. And um, so at that moment, man, I got angry with God, bro. And I, I like literally like was like, I hate you, God, you know? Um, and I went. And from that day, bro, I started, I started slamming dope. I started doing drugs. I was in prison, so I started really getting like, I don't want to say active, bro, but I just was like crazy, dog, just doing stupid, stupid things, just going crazy, man. And and I just kept getting worse and, and worse. And then when I finally, I, I started, I went in with a three-year with half a term for a possession, a drug possession, something stupid. And then I ended up turning that, that uh, three years with half into the full three years, started off on a level one yard ended up paroling from the hole in Sentinella about like, I think it was like 2014. And when I got out at that time, bro, like, um, I went, man, I went hard, bro. I, I, right when I got out, I called the homie and uh, started using right away. Some of the homies that I would run with before all that, like I was gangbanging with and whatnot, called them up right away, picked up a big old sack, bro. And, and the habit that I had picked up in there, man, I, I brought out to the streets, bro, and it just got bad, bro. Like, I started hearing things, started going crazy. You know, I would go go through my enemy's neighborhood, hopping out on people, telling them to take their shirt off, and I was just, just suicidal. I would drive through there, bro. Like, I knew about God, and I knew I would, I would hold on to Scripture, like, oh, Jesus said he's going to save me. Misquoting Scripture, taking Scripture out of context, yeah, yeah. bro. Talking about Jesus while I'm all tweaked out, bro. <laughs> just going crazy, man. And um, and then one step, every step of the way. Well, anyways, that woman ended up, she didn't want God anyway. So she divorced me while I was in there. Um, and then I still kept going on this path, man. And uh, But God, I, I, I didn't see it at that time. But God was slowly just drawing me mm, to himself. And then that's when I had met my, my wife, Nancy, now um at that time and, and i still hadn't came to god i still hadn't repented i still hadn't surrendered we were fornicating she got pregnant with my son um with my first son michael and then that's when i was going crazy and she knows bro she was she was there and i don't know she stuck with me through all of it bro like she just said and she told me the other day she's like i don't know what it was but i just seen something that i knew god was going to do something 
because one of the first things she had asked me when we met was like, hey, do you believe in God? Mm. It's like she had had an experience with God prior to meeting me, right, through a through a praise chapel. And she was backsliding at that time. She wasn't walking with God or whatever they call backsliding or whatever, you know. But so when she met me, she asked me that. And then she's like, I just seen something in you anyway. So it got to the point, though, it was so bad that while she was pregnant with my son, bro, she she had to hop out the car to get away from me, bro. I was crazy, man. I was losing <laughs> it, bro. Uh, she ran away from me. She jumped out the car right there on Leffingwell, bro. Um, <laughs> on the way to Whittier, Leffingwell, Santa Gertrude. She got out the car and just straight booked it on me, bro, <laughs> like getting away from me. And when she did that, I just got even more wilder, just looking for, looking for trouble, you know. And, mm. and but by the grace of God, by the grace of God, bro. And this is a testimony to, to, to the police. You know what I mean? By the grace of God, God used the police, the cops, to, um, to save me, bro. Uh, they pulled me over, and I already know what I already know how to get away. So I, I did what I did with my drugs, so they wouldn't find it. Um, and it was good. They weren't finding nothing, and then. I had like a little metal pipe in my car. It was nothing. It was like a part of the, the seat under that had fallen, fallen off. They found that because they wanted to get me, bro. They yeah, seen yeah. how I was acting. They seen, they see, they knew I was just all whipped out. So they go, what's this? And I'm like, nothing. They call my parole officer while we're right there on the curb. And they're like, should we take them in? And they're like, what did you find? And they tell me what they found. I said, yeah, book them for that. Dang. So they take me in just for this dumb little metal pipe. Right. When they take me in, I'm into the La Habra, the La Habra station right here, bro. And, and then I, I just cheeked it. I just cheeked the dope. And when they searched me, boom, it came out, they found it. Boom. So they get me for a possession, bringing a substance into the, into the station My God. and they get me for, they booked me for the weapon. And so anyways, at that time, that's when I went, I paroled from the hole, bro. So when I got, when I was going back in, I was like, all right, cool. I'm just going to go to reception for a little bit. I'll be doing a turnaround. Everything's going to be all right. But they they didn't they didn't put me out on the line. They sent me back to the hole because I paroled from the hole. Mm. And so at that when I got to the hole in Wasco, um, bro, it was it was horrible. I was going through it all because I you know she was pregnant. Um, just going through all kinds of crazy things in the mind because of the drugs. But at that moment, bro, uh, he put me in a hole with no mattress. Right, I was in in Wasco, um, D six with no mattress. Um. No spoon to eat my food. All they gave me was a sheet. Right? That's it. They just gave me a sheet. They didn't give me no, no, they usually give you the white jumpsuit. They just gave me a pair of boxers, some ugly boxers, some boxers that didn't fit. Ugly shirt, stained up shirt, bro. Some ugly socks. Put me in the hole and it was raining, dripping water. I'm serious. All of this, bro. And uh, and I just remember I wanted a Bible. I, I'm like, hey, it's time to see, oh, can I have a Bible? You wouldn't give me a Bible. So they left me like that for about two or three days. And then mm. after that, they finally, they moved me to a cool cell, but they still had me in there with nothing, just, just my thoughts, bro. Mm. And I said, but I remember I, that's when I, that, at that moment, bro, that he drew me through all these things, bro. Mm. He would cut me off on every single area, whether it was with my homeboys, mm, come with, on. with Nancy, with my friends, with my, with my family. That's, and at that time too, my pops was like, you can't come here. He shut the door on me for the first time in my life. He was wow. like, nah, you ain't coming here. Get out of here. You know, and it, and I knew that was the Lord finally working. Yeah, that's on what I was everybody. gonna say. God, God has His way, man. <laughs> yeah, dog, and He really cut me off because I was so hard headed. I didn't want to. I wasn't gonna stop. So He had to like really, yeah. really spank me to get my attention, bro. And and it was at that time that I really surrendered my life to God, bro. Right there in Wasco, but me, just me and Him in the cell. And no, then no, after yeah, that, yeah. They, when they put me, when they finally put me out there, 
when I got out on the line, I, I was just, I was seeking God, bro. And I, when I, when I got there, I had got a celly who was actually a Christian. And in the first day we were going to go to day room, he was like, what's up, man? You got your Bible? And I'm like, I was ready to already, you know, like, I already know one thing. And he's like, get your Bible. And I'm like, all right, I got my Bible. And he took me to the circle of a bunch of believers, bro. And they started building me up. They wow. started building me up and showing me love and, and, and uh, preaching the gospel to me and whatnot. And then uh, it got to the point, bro, where I, I got to, I was actually preaching on the yard, bro, in Wasco, like to 50 men at a time. Or we would have Bible studies. We would have Bible studies in day room and Wasco State Prison, bro. And, and uh, even the COs, bro, because I'll be preaching loud. I'll just have this deep, loud voice. <laughs> Come on. You know, and it echoes, bro. And then people in the shower, like, watching their boxers food, like, listening, you know? Amen, Like, amen. just tripping out, like, you know? But, yeah, but that's how he drew me to him, bro. Amen. Yeah. I like how you said, you know, you God has a God has a way of reaching us, and he knows exactly what to do. You know, for some, yeah. everybody's bottom looks different, you know? I remember being in rehab, and, um, you know, that was my, my, my whole, my Wasco, because... I tell people if yeah. I go to jail, dog, I'm gonna do. Real, I ain't gonna do good. I ain't gonna do good in jail. Uh, by eight thirty, yeah. I'm shining shoes, homie. I'm just saying, I'm not built for jail. Uh, thank God, I I only been holding tank, and that was bad enough. But anyway, <laughs> when I showed up to rehab, um, that's where God got a hold of me. And then you're, you know, you're there, and um, you're there in that cell, that the hole. And, you know, it's dripping. You're all tore back. You got, you got the Gucci. You got the Versace on. Um, and you say, I, I want a Bible. And I tell people, see, those are the things that just like wreck my brain that that at that moment you you want a Bible, you know, and and how yeah. God just begin to close all these doors, remove all this stuff from you so that, OK, now I got your attention and and, and look what the Lord has done, bro. You know, uh, and um, I tell people, you know, God is uh, he's in the he's in the saving business, man. And he will get to you how he has to get to you. And so that's a, that's an amazing story. So you're there in Wasco, you know, and you're preaching the word and you're, and you're, and you're being built up with the believers. Let's, let's go, let's, let's fast forward a little bit. So you get out, talk to us a little bit about how you take Jesus and the old saying is you, you know, whether it's, it might be something I made up or I heard, but like leave them at the gate. <laughs> You know, I've heard someone say, right, you know, a lot of these right. guys, they leave them at the gate. How were you able, and, you know, and we'll talk about the transition and, and the journey a little bit. How were you able to take what you got there and bring it out? Because so many men don't, you know, they, they, they attempt right. to, they want to. I think the desire is there. The minute they hit that, that gate, it's just like, all right, thank you, Jesus. And I'm out. Yeah. You know, talk to yeah. us a little bit that transition. I think it, I really believe I give it all the credit to God, bro. And I really think that because of everything that I went through, um, I, I really think that at that moment when when I was in there, that he I, I got I was I went through a born again experience. I really think I was born again at that time. Something happened in my heart, bro. Like because before that, I would get out and go right back, but this time it was different. Um, and even when I got out, I still struggled. I had I had like a lust in my heart. You know what I mean? Um, even even what I was going through and what I was thinking about with my my relationship with my now with my wife Nancy, um, I was struggling, bro. And uh, but it was by His grace, right? And she had been staying faithful. She had been going to a church that 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 uh, we had gone to 
a few times, but we weren't we weren't seeking God, bro. We would go to church and leave and smoke weed after, you know? That's the kind of thing we were playing, that game we were playing back then. But she had, when I got busted, and I think he removed me for that reason, she started going there while I was gone, right? Even though that church is not a church that I would send anybody to, it had played its part for that season. And so when I got out, she was like, come on, we're going to go. And I was like, all right. So, you know, um, I just trusted in God, bro. And all my doubts that I had and all my fears, I was like, man, God, you know, I'm just going to trust in you, you know? And, um, and, and by me, and by me trusting in him, right. Um, every step of the way, man, like a pastor there was like, okay, so what are you going to do? She has your, she has your son. You guys can't be having a relationship unless you guys are going to, um, unless you guys are going to be married. Yeah. And so at that moment, like me and me and Nancy decided to get married and, and then we were just seeking the Lord, bro. We just been, um, it's been a rough, it's been a rough ride. Mm, come I don't on. know. I, like I said, I give, I give God all the credit. I give God all the credit, bro. Cause none of it was by me, by my obedience, by me uh, yeah, doing yeah, this yeah. or me doing that and me white knuckling it. But it was more just by him, him, him choosing me and changing my heart and him sovereignly working things out. And when I made mistakes, he corrected me and he fixed them for me, man. And it's not that I, because, but I wasn't making those mistakes, bro. Intentionally like, Oh, I'm just going to rebel against you. God, no, yeah, I was no, actually no, I struggling it. with yeah. things, that, but I was seeking him and I was just, I was believing him, bro. I was believing his word. And, and, and through that, he's sustained me. He's kept me yes. um, every step of the way to this point where I'm at now, you know, that's, and it was, it's just all to his glory, bro. Uh, God has a way of <clears throat> preserving his saints keeping us amen even when we don't want to be kept uh even when we want to be stupid and ignorant i always tell people like some of us if you look at our wives you're like what did you like how do you got how do, how are you keeping this together you know how do you how does this woman not left you 50 times last week yeah you know I, <laughs> it, 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 and like you're saying yeah. god's working it out god's working it out you know and uh you know, I, I tell people, you know, like a lot of times they look at men and they say, oh, strong man of God. Man, this guy's strong. And you're like, no, nah, bro, you need to meet my wife. That's the gangster there. That's the real gangster. You know? Yeah, and I, bro. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, you know, we talked about, you know, you're going to prison, got to get a uh, hold of you. We talked about, um, you know, how God, you know, took you from the church to, uh, you know, and begin to reveal himself to you. Where do you come to a place where you're, um, how can I say, where you're at now? Like, take us to the season where, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to call, yeah. trying to call out uh, uh, titles or nothing, but where do you, what do you consider yourself and sort of like uh, where you're at now? Like, how did you get to that place where it comes to your, your, your doctrine, your theology and stuff like yeah. that. So it started, bro. Like I said, that when I was in prison, it started there. That whole year that I did for six months that I was in reception, I was in my Bible mm. from the minute I woke up in prayer, fasting from the minute <clears throat> I woke up, bro, to the minute I went to sleep, <clears throat> Excuse me. it was like, it was him. He just did something. He gave me like a, a year but for the, to just to just do and download into me the word and i didn't know nothing about doctrine yet. i didn't i wasn't reading macarthur anything about macarthur i wasn't reading anything about calvin i wasn't reading anything about arminius i wasn't reading anything about any kind of doctrine i was just in the word of god that's it mm -hmm. 
and even during that time, I was writing letters to, to like people that I knew, pastors and stuff, mm. and they were tripping out like, what? Like, whoa, okay, so anyways, but it was the Holy Spirit that was just working on me, bro, working on my heart. Mm -hmm. And so when I got out, when I got out, man, I started everything that was put into me in my season without being around any kind of church tradition, everything that was put in me when I came home, what I was seeing around me from certain types of churches. Yeah. Because I don't want to bash nobody saying right now. I don't, this is not the place for it right now. Amen. amen. But I don't want to bash anybody anyway, but I don't want to, I don't know. It's a place and time for everything, Amen. bro. So Amen. at that, at that, when I came out, bro, and everything I was seeing, it was secret friendly. It was emotional. And that's kind of like what I want to get to. Like I was, I had, yeah. yeah, I had questions about, I had questions about the Trinity. I was asking people, nobody could give me answers. Um, I had questions about all kinds of things that yeah, I, Amen. that I have been seeing in here and, and nobody can, can give me answers. So then I started wrestling with those things. I started I started wrestling with uh with doctrine. I started wrestling. I see. I cried out to God if He would reveal His Trinity. I want to understand it. Um, mm -hmm. I wanted to understand the gospel, bro. Like, and I, you know, like I really wanted to have a true like um confidence. Yeah. Right. And, and I want to be able to share this gospel with confidence, you know. But when I got out, bro, I wasn't seeing that. I wasn't seeing anything that that I have been reading, bro. Amen. So, um, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's what put me on this path, man. And, um, um <laughs> I'm fully, I'm fully convinced. You know what I mean? I'm fully Amen. convinced on, on the essentials of the faith, bro. And, and I really believe in the, in the church. I really believe in the ecclesia. I really believe that we are to be connected. Um, I really believe that we need to go through seasons of, of testing, of being servants, like I wouldn't call myself any kind of title, bro. Like any, like even the name that the brothers have put out there, theologian, whatever. Yeah. I don't call myself a theologian. I don't call myself a pastor. I don't call myself anything. I just call myself. I'm a servant, bro. I'm a slave. I'm a slave, and that's mm -hmm. it. And anything that I I partake in, anything that the brothers ask me to partake in, they'll tell you, bro. Like I'm not seeking any kind of anything, bro. I'm just seeking to be a part of the body and to, I guess, give what God has. No. Give us a gift to everybody else what God's giving me, you know? I was funny so, because I have a... Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of the guys from Reform Raza. Yeah. Okay, so I yeah. know I know Martin real good from Reform Raza. And he says, because <laughs> just come out the closet, bro. Just come out. And I'm like, yeah. what are you talking about? He goes, come on, come on. You know you're a Calvinist, bro. And, and I had a friend that was yeah. telling me, I, uh, I can't talk to you no more, dog. I was like, what happened, bro? He's like, my wife said you're a Calvinist. I was like, oh, my God. I said, okay, okay. <laughs> I said, you know, it might be cheaper to stay yeah, away from man. you anyway because I don't have to go to none of your birthday yeah. parties. But anyways, so take us right now. We're, 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 gonna, we're kind of going to transition into more of the topicals and some of the things that you feel like that are on your heart. Talk to us a little bit about raising godly children in an anti-God world. Okay. What are some of the things that yeah, you're doing man. that are practical? Some of the things that you're instilling in your children because, man, dude, uh, Two things that I worry about, and maybe not anymore, is keeping my daughter off the pole and out of yeah. gangs and drugs. And I was wrestling with that one day. I'm like, all the things you're thinking of, maybe she might just need to join a gang. I mean, that's the safest part. That's the safest because, yeah. uh, you know, because of the LGBTs and BLMs and, and the transgender movement. Yeah, and so talk to us a little bit about what you're doing in your home. 
that maybe that are uh, simple things that maybe you could share with us as fathers, as maybe men who desire to have children that are raising, you know, someone else's children. Talk to us a little bit about that. So I think, um, well, I believe like something that me and my wife that we're doing in our home is, um, it's number one, teaching them the word of God, mm-hmm. you know, installing in them a, a, a biblical worldview, teaching them to view the world through the Bible. And that starts by reading it to them, mm. you know, consistently reading it to them, pr- consistently praying with them every single day, praying for them. Um, I believe that that's a part of it. And I believe that, though, it's not just that, you know, it's also being relational with them, giving them your time, looking in their eyes, loving them, um, showing that you believe in them, showing them that you got their back, um, but also disciplining them, not letting them get away with whatever they want. And I think something that is very important of decision that me and my wife are taking and even my brother and his wife and their children is I think we're going to, we're letting Michael go to kindergarten this year. He went to kindergarten. Uh, we're going to allow Caleb to go to kindergarten, but I think the, a big thing that's happening of what I'm experiencing from my son being in kindergarten is we're going to take him out and uh, from we're going to homeschool, bro. So I think that's a that's a big thing. I, I think that um, until we're able to afford to put them in private school, I think that's something that all parents should consider because uh, just the things that, that Michael's exposed to, I mean, he's not partaking in them, but just because of the school that he's going to, not even the things that the teachers are, Mm. are um i mean i'm not trying to hover him and protect him i know he's got to go out in the world but i want to make sure that when they're young like that 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 i form his mind the way that yes, yes. that it should be formed with a biblical worldview you know so um i think that's that's something that's another thing and um man something that just to be transparent is like what you were talking about like yelling bro and something that's been a struggle like you know getting frustrated and and, and letting them see the frustration or you know, when you're stressed out or, and, you know, um, working and all these things is, mm-hmm. man, we got to go to work. We wait to come home. Why is, I don't know if, if your wife works, but my wife, she doesn't really work too much. She has a little part time, but I've got to come home and help wife. Yeah, it's yeah. not just come home and chill. It's coming home and showing them being that example of how to treat a wife. I got, my, I got some wife, dishpan you know? hands. I got the dishpan hands too. But go yeah, ahead. My boy. <laughs> I love washing yeah, dishes, man, and, uh, but go ahead. Yeah, bro, and um, um, just um, being an example, like, mm-hmm. and that's another thing. The same thing at work that the Lord's been revealing to me, as far as in my home, is being the same, being that servant at my home, and not just because you're at home and that's a place where you're comfortable to not be that. Yeah, yeah. But to be that as an example to them, you know, towards your wife and whatnot, but also. Why the, the wife respecting the husband and that's something that should just be transparent me and my wife have had to work out like yeah. just oh definitely you know like are not no arguing with one another yeah. her submitting when i correct it but not correcting in front of the children yes um learning to uh there's a lot of things that you got to learn as you grow bro and nobody yeah yeah you know nobody's perfect bro but that's like man that's that's a test like those are your disciples right those are that's your first that's that, your first ministry that's your first year, you know yeah. so um so, man, knowing all these stuff, knowing all these doctrines and all this stuff, if it's not being applied, it's, it's not even worthless, bro, you know? One of the things I like uh, you said is uh, I think it's okay for our children to see 
the not the bad side of us, but the real side of us. You know that yeah. that you know, like I tell my kids, you know, like dad does get angry. Um, dad does get tired. You know, I come home from work and so you know, I've always tried to keep work at work and home at home. Sometimes it just doesn't just work. It doesn't work that way. Um, but uh, one of the things I'm learning with my kids is kids, they will teach you so much, you know, and um, letting things go. They're so easy to let things go. Like, you you know, like I tell my daughter, mom, I'm sorry, you know, it's okay, dad. It's okay. And I'm like, wow, like that, that's still that I wish I could be that way. I, I could let things go like that. And so, uh, you know, letting it like you said, letting them see the real you, but not as an excuse to be real. You know, like, you know, you know, mom. And, you know, one of the things that that I have failed at, and I'll be transparent with you as well, is uh, there's times where we start to argue me and my wife. And she's like, David, not right now. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm going to get my point across. I'm going to win this conversation. And I end up losing when I won. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or we've tried, you know, and, and, and my little daughter, you know, she'll the minute we start arguing, she starts tripping. And we and, 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 and we've created that a little bit. And so we're trying to get better at it. You know, like you're saying, it's we're getting we're trying to get better at it and trying to, you know, like I told people, like, I got married in the church. I got married saved. Like I didn't I wasn't I yeah. didn't fall into fornication and then got her pregnant and got married. But I went into a marriage, bro, and I'm gonna be honest with you. With false expectations of what it really was, no premarital yeah. counseling. I didn't read no books. I never had no one give it. And a lot of things I was in, a lot of things I felt like I was in control of, like I could have done, and a lot of things I just didn't know. And so, fourteen years together, twelve years married. You know, I think we're getting, we're barely getting things like okay, 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 Lord. Yeah. And so I tell people, hey man, like marriage is hard. It's rewarding. It's an amazing. I, I don't see myself being single. I don't see myself without kids. Uh, they're 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 part of me who I am, you know. And and so, but it is it is. And if I can use this word without seeming uh, like not 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 spiritual or whatever, like it's terrifying sometimes to think what they gotta go and and um and uh and um uh go out there and and, and what they gotta endure, dude. It's like. Between the CRT and, and all these things, you know, and they're coming back and asking some questions. And I'm like, uh, talk to your mama. Like, you know, like one time my daughter came home and she was like, hey, you know, my my 10 year old uh, uh, classmate just came out the closet. And I'm like, yeah. what? And then I was like, oh, what the heck? Like when I was 10 years old, like G.I. Joe's and uh it, thank God it's Friday TGIF like baseball and I I don't I didn't know anyone well we thought some guys were a little funny but nobody was running around <laughs> saying hey I'm gay and I yeah. want to be a boy I want to be a girl I identify myself and then everything around them is just boom boom T- uh, all these ads all these promotions these TV shows every TV show has one gay couple now or one gay uh uh uh, actor and it's just like constantly being pushed and pushed and pushed and so thank god we have you know men like you and your and women like your wife and and you know what all, i tell people all you can do is prepare them and then pray yeah. and then just release them to god so, you know lord yeah. they're yours and uh, yeah. yeah it's 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 a it's a it's a it's a, it's a, it's a tough time bro it's you know like man i was like 
the things that my parents uh, worried about, like they're far from what we're worrying about today. Like I never met a girl who said I wanted to be a boy. I never met a guy who said he wanted to be a girl. It's going, yeah. They're trying to confuse them, bro. They're like really yeah. trying to distort their their view, man. Like this whole postmodern way of thinking that subjectiveness is truth that you could just find truth in what you believe you whatever you feel truth is and that's what your yeah. truth is and and that's really like uh confusing kids bro like and it's confusing generations because now as you see the fruit coming forth from it you know we're we're, we're witnessing it firsthand you know what i mean um <laughs> yeah bro like just crazy crazy like what like what are you i don't even understand it it just doesn't make sense it seems that we've gone so far from common sense. Yes. And you can see it. And you could just see it. And I pray that it's not God giving us, our nation, fully over to a reprobate mind. Ooh. And that God would bring revival, you know, and that God would, that we would turn from our sin. But it's going to take, it's going to take us. It's going to take us cleaning our houses. You know what I mean? And, 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 and then as we clean our homes and we turn to God, he will cleanse the land, I believe, if we truly cry out. But Amen. but but then again, who knows? Maybe he's gonna have a remnant and he's gonna because it's just going really far, bro. It's like it's yeah, like yeah. common sense is just gone, bro. Like it's, it's not so like, common. Like, it's not so common. Yeah, dog like. And you know, and, like oh yeah, it's crazy, man. And it's crazy how it's really just turned in the last five to seven years, like quick. Like it's yeah. just like boom, 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 boom. And you know, and um it just like, it, it, it just move. It's uh, this thing is just moving quick. This moving these movements. Amen. Let's let's talk about um, uh, how uh, to, another topic that you were we were going to talk about is how uh, ascent. You know, as a Christian, we have our essential doctrines, but we also have things that we do that are practical, um, that are that are definitely biblical. But uh, how important it is for you to be connected to a local church because look we are the church uh god is right. everywhere i love god and that's i'm not into organized religion so talk right. to us a little bit about the gathering of the saints and all that good stuff like what do you, uh how important it is as a christian to be plugged in not only to a local church but to serve in a local church let's take it there as well Right. Yeah. So that's a, I believe that that's something that is a, a testimony to the, to the uh, authenticity of one's faith is um, being connected to the local congregation, to your congregation, not, not just the congregation that you want to be a part of, but to your local, your local congregation where the, the Lord, the spirit of God has called you to, um, and I think that I believe that that's biblical. It's obvious. It's all throughout the scriptures or the book of Acts, and the New Testament, the book of Hebrews, do not forsake the assembling of the saints, right? To, to not be um, assembling with the body of Christ is, is something that I believe is um, there's something off there. I mean, if we look at it in a, just a, I don't know if the word common sense, I common sense, but we look at it biblically when we when we read about when Paul talks about the body, you know, he's talking about that we're all different members mm -hmm. that are a part of the body. We've been baptized into the body. So no Christian can do life alone. Mm -hmm. I, I think mm -hmm. that um, that's evidence that like a Christian 
uh, so-called Christian uh, wanting to do life outside of the church and has no love for the for the body of Christ or for believers or for the church, um, I think that's evidence that the, they'll be uh, they'll be devoured because the, the lion goes around seeking whom he may devour. Mm, and anybody and 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 he looks for those who are um, who are not a part of the a part of the fold. But um, but I would say this as well, like just looking at it from a practical view, like if you're a if you look at the body, right? If you cut the finger off the body, right? And you just throw it over there, right? And it's disconnected from the body. What's going to happen? Like, you know, that finger is going to, it's going to die. It's going to turn gangrene. So, um, obviously there's no life outside of the body. You know, when we were baptized, we were baptized into the body of Christ and we were given God's spirit. Right. Um, and I believe that, um, that's where you grow. That's where your mm. that's where your your humility is tested. That's when when we see your willingness to serve. That's when we see your willingness that you're not seeking a platform, but you're actually seeking to be a servant of God. Um, and I just uh, I see it as something that's essential. I see it as an essential um, thing to a, to our faith. That I believe that if you um, are not connected to the body of Christ and don't get me wrong. I think there's people out there that um, that have gone through some things within the body, maybe being a part of a of, of a church that's teaching false doctrine, or being a part of a church where they they are truly genuinely believers, and then they go through seasons where they don't know where to go to church, or they've been hurt by the church, or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. But I would like to speak to those people that because I've been a part of that. I've been I've been a part of that, and so I would like to speak to them too that. Um, that just because you've been under these false things, you've been around, you've been hurt by church or whatever, don't give up on, on the church because of what somebody who really wasn't a part of the church has done, cool. you know? And I think that there's safety. And I was telling my brother, Ooh, so I want to say yes, this. Yes, yes, yes. I like There's that. safety within the body of Christ. There's, re- there's a reason why when we become um, members of the body of Christ, and yes, we're not talking about the building. Amen. The building is just is just a, a place where God has blessed us with to gather. It's amazing that we have a place where we can all come together as one, right? As in your congregation, right? But um, I told him I was telling my brother. So like in different scenarios, let's just say there's a sister who um, who's married to somebody who's abusing her. <clears throat> You know, let's just say a sister is married to somebody who's uh, committing adultery on her. Let's just say a sister or a brother is married to to a woman who's trying to hold something over his head and where she's threatening him with divorce. And let's just say you're going through all these things and uh, you're not connected to the body of Christ. You don't got no leadership. You don't got no um, pastor to to ask for counseling with. You have no um, accountability you have none of that and you're just off to the side, right? Just trying to go through all this without having any source of um, support, right? What can take place is that can put a believer, a true believer in a really, really bad place, right? But if that believer is connected to the body of Christ, right? If he's really, truly uh, serving, seeking, being a part of the body of Christ, then that that person is going to be accountable He's going to have accountability to the to the eldership, to the leaders of the church, and that's going to be very encouraging for him 
when he goes through something like that or when she goes through something like that. But if she doesn't have that, right? And I think that's something that a lot of people that are against the like the antichrist spirit mm -hmm. is that they want you to not be from that because they yeah. want to seclude you mm. and they want you to submit to their will and not to the true will of God. And mm. I think that the true will of God, the way that that God administers his true his true will to the church is our his true will to his people how he administers to people and how he preserves people is through the church is through men yeah, amen. that God has put his spirit on right pastors elders teachers uh and, and whatnot so yeah man yeah you uh you you, yeah. you you actually did hit on the second part of the question um before we get into the third part is uh there is uh benefits to being connected to the local to the local uh uh, congregation number one is where you say you get fed spiritual food number two it's corporate worship number three uh there's a safety there's also accountability yeah. i tell people you know there's times where in my walk where i felt i didn't need it you know but that's being deceived you, you, anyone who says they don't need the local church is deceived because there's you know uh, the bible talks about when we fall we we go through various trials when it's not when it's not what does it say it's not uh, will we, it's when we. And so when we're going through right. things, we can. And I tell people the brotherhood for me is is uh, is huge for me. You know, that I can tap into a group of brothers at my church and I, hey, I'm going through it. Can you pray for me? Can you fast with me? Can uh, I need advice from the older brothers, the guys who've been to, uh, with the Lord longer or married longer? Or, man, you got a marriage that I like. I, uh, I want to model myself after you. And just... Just to hang out with the brothers, you know, grab a pizza or just to cut it up, you know, like if people really understood the value in that, you know, and really understood the benefits and the, uh, the long term, like long. You look at a man who's been connected to the local body. You see longevity. You see maturity. Right. You see someone that, uh, you know, like uh, that is strong and mature. And then, you know, but like you said, there's there's reasons and I get it. I've been there, like you said, you know, where, you know, that man has, man does what man does. And people just right. like, I don't need the church. And, uh, and uh, so that could be a, I could be a, I could be a, a hard place to be, but definitely, definitely um, there's more pros to cons when you're, when you're connected to the body. Also, and that's um, the, it's the go yeah, ahead. sorry, go ahead. No, go, go ahead, ahead, go ahead. So there's a, there's something that was that was on my heart when you're talking about all that. That's something that came to my heart that was uh, that's been on my heart. Um, is that within a local congregation, if we're seeking true unity, yes. right? We, we hear a lot of talk about unity. If we're if we're seeking unity within the body of Christ, truly, well, then that comes through the church. It comes mm. through the ecclesia. It comes through the body. And so let's look at that practically. Let's look at that in in the benefits of Let's look at the benefits of that, right? And what, the, what what we see in the benefits of that, what is lacking from the church, what you see it a lot in the Reformed church, you see it a lot in fundamentalist churches, you see it a lot in, in, in um, like I said, Reformed Baptist churches, but what's lacking in the non-denominational churches and by there, not, there being a lack of unity is what we see is there's a lack of church discipline. And because of people um, being able to just, hey, I'm going to go start this church, or hey, I'm going to go start that church, and just, and then not being in unity with the churches that have already been established, what takes place is that we have a lot of tears 
that are able to maneuver, right? And so we give the enemy a lot of room to maneuver. But see, but if the church is like, if we were to all agree on, on just foundational things, simple things, um, essentials of the faith, and then say, look, since we can agree on these, we're going to establish that these other things are non-essential. And they're going to, if they're not going to be willing to come together on this, then we mark them out. Right. And then not in that. So then what, what I'm, what, but what I want to get to is this church discipline. Mm. Let's say that I'm, I'm somebody who's a part of the local congregation over here in diamond bar. Right. And let's just say that I'm married. Right. And I go out and I, uh, do some horrible thing. I cheat on my wife and divorce her or whatever. Right. And, um, and then the, but the local church is, is telling me, no, you're, you're in sin. What you're doing is wrong. Your wife's staying faithful and she's not doing that. And she's been coming to church every Sunday and she's been remaining faithful with the kids. And you're trying to make up all this nonsense about her. And then now you want to just go hop over here to this other church who's not in unity with that church. And so now what happens, this guy goes over here and he starts doing those same things that he did over there, over there. But mm. if the church were to be united, and if there were to be accountability within the church, that ain't happening because mm -hmm. this church is going to say, this guy's marked. This is what this guy's been doing. And until this guy repents, this guy is not a part of the body of Christ. Mm. And that's what Paul did. That's what Paul did in the book of Corinthians with the guy who was being with his, his dad's, his dad's wife, whether it was his stepmom or whatnot, they marked him out. And there was no way for him to say, Oh, you know what? I'm just going to go down to the church over here down the street and they'll take me in and they'll tell me that I'm forgiven. They'll tell me that I'm loved. And then what happens to that person, that person never comes to a place of repentance, mm. right? And the purpose of Paul doing that was for what? For that man to feel godly sorrow. By the church excommunicating him wasn't for him to say, oh, go to hell, dude, get out of here. No, it was for his, the purpose of that was to bring that man to say, man, like I have nowhere to go. Just like how and when we were living our life, we got God cut us off with our families and whatnot. God will use the church in those ways to bring people to a place of godly sorrow, which will lead them to repentance. And then that's when you administer the accepting back. And that's how you restore a brother through church discipline. Mm -hmm. And I believe that's, that's, and so that's another thing that's a benefit of, of, of the body of Christ. Right. And as far as um, something that's lacking in the church today. Amen. No, definitely, definitely. Um, Cause you know, uh, you get a lot of churches where they just, you know, they, they, they don't want to touch things because when they start touching yeah. things, they say, what's the first thing you do when you leave a church? You take your wallet with you. You know what I mean? And so <laughs> a lot of people yeah. don't want people to leave because, you know, it becomes more of a business than anything. Yeah, man. But uh, one last thing before we get into our final, final uh, subject is uh, how important is it for a Christian? How essential is it? We talked about being connected locally, attending a church. How, how important it is to serve in your local church? Because, hey, I just pay my tithes. That's good enough, right? I come, I sit, <laughs> I raise my hands, put my 10%, my 15%, whatever it may be, and I bounce. Let them serve. They got pastors here. You know, they don't need me. How important it is is to be to serve in your local church for you. Talk to us. Uh, I would just say this, bro. I say, um, my, like my, like my, like my pastor, when we go, when we go to the men's fellowship on Thursday nights, he'll say things like, I know some of you are here 
because you want the coffee and you want the, the the donut. I know some of you are here because you want a fellowship. But I know some of you are here is because you're really seeking God. And I think one thing, and then you want nothing but Jesus. And I know that's why some of you are here. And um, and I think you'll see in the in the church, you'll see those who are just they they love to serve and they serve with the right heart. Um, that's because those are those people that that are truly seeking God and they truly want nothing but Jesus. And they find that true joy that there is in serving, bro. And um, serving unto the Lord, there's mm. so much joy in there, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, like I said before, also that there's, um, I see so many other people, you see so many people that you'll say, like my dad was talking to me the other day, like, hey man, like he's been going there. He's not gossiping, but he said, hey man, why do you think people have been going there for so long? And they're still just, just sitting in the pews. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, I don't know the answer to that. But, but in my heart, I was like, maybe they're just satisfied with 30. You know, they're just satisfied with 30, 30 fold. Mm-hmm. They don't want to know what's going on in a, in a 60 fold. They don't want to, you know, because there'll be fruit, some 30, some 60, some 100. Mm-hmm. They, they're, they're just satisfied just being in the pews and I'm saved and whatnot. But to others, man, it's just they want more. They want to go. They want more. They want to um, know what's going on over there, bro. So. And that's because they're truly seeking God and his kingdom. Um, and I think that in servanthood, bro, there's just, that's just a part of a, of a born again believer's heart yeah, yeah, to yeah. just be a servant, bro. Like that's just, I don't know. It's just something that happens in you because it's the Holy spirit that's in you. And um, for me, it's just like militant for me. Like I just want to, I want to follow Jesus mm-hmm. and I want to be told by Jesus what to do. I want to obey his will, the father's will. And I think that's a part, that is a part Well, it's biblical that that's his will to be a servant, right? To be a servant to the body of Christ. And I think Paul really understood that man. Paul, Paul really hits on that when he talks about uh, being dead to yourself, you know, and being alive in Christ and being a new creature in Christ and, I think he, uh, I wanted to say this earlier. This is a scripture that he talks about this. He says um, in Acts 20, verses 22 and 23 says, And now see, I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulation await me. So like just putting myself in the shoes of Paul, like how... Mm -hmm. Like I look at my life, bro, and I look at just the things that I go through and they're just the things that bother me or whatever, the things um, like my pains in my body or whatever the case may be. It's nothing compared to what some of these men of God in the scriptures went through, bro, as out of service for the body of Christ. They literally gave their body as mm, as a yeah. living sacrifice, bro. They were being beaten. They were being, uh, they went hungry. There was times they had no food. There was times they had... They were in the rain. There was times that um, they had good times as well. You know what I mean? He says, like, I learned to be with. I learned to be without. You know, I learned to be content in all things. But I think the thing that made him content was knowing that Jesus Christ himself, God in the flesh, God himself, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, like Philippians chapter 2, when he says that he did not count it robbery, Right. He, he didn't consider being in the form of God or being God. He didn't consider it robbery to come as a as a servant mm, come on. to come as a 
to come into the world and not to be born into like where he's being served, but he came into the world and he served mm, people. Come on. And, and, and you just see the joy, like when you listen to Christ or you, or you listen, or when you read Christ's words, the joy that there was that he found in just being dead to his own will and being and, and living out for us in the flesh, the will of the father. Right. And that's, and I think that's, that has to do with serving him, bro. And when you when you really tap when you tap into that when you tap into that part that that I'm dead I'm dead to myself and I'm alive to Christ when you tap into that and you understand that there's just there's just over overwhelming joy that you find in serving. And man, you you said something earlier when you talked about like, and I, and I'll, I don't I don't I won't say it word for word because I, I kind of forgot it a little bit, but. When you get saved, when God touches your heart, when you come into this new walk with God, I used to always tell people, I don't understand why you wouldn't want to serve in the local church, why you wouldn't want to get involved, why would you, why wouldn't, why wouldn't you? Like I, it, it's not something that that was a no brainer for me. It was just like, I want to serve, I want to be there for my pastor, I want to serve this ministry, I, I want to be involved, and I would meet people, and I'd be like, dude, this guy's been in church how long? And he don't even want to do, he don't want to do nothing. He just wants to do the, the, the shiny stuff. He just wants to sit yeah. in the front row by the pastor. He just wants to, to do pulpit ministry. And I heard a yeah. pastor one time say, it all pays the same. He says, I'm the pastor of the church, but I'm also the bus driver for the school. I'm also yeah. pick up, I also clean toilets and I also A, B, and C. Yeah. And, um, yeah. a lot of people, they get saved and then it's like, you go through your levels. So I'm a freshman right. Christian. And then I'm a this and then I this. And so I've even gotten to the place where I'm like, I'm a front row leader. Like, I don't do that. Yeah. And I come there. I've been yeah. in this new church about a year and some change. And, and all I really do, I'm, I'm really, I'm, what I'm really doing right now is just ushering, help setting up stuff, uh, giving ideas. I taught the Bible study a couple of times, but I'm enjoying just that simpleness of servanthood. Like, like it doesn't have to be behind the pulpit. You know, of course, that's my, it's my happy place. But I tell people, like, if, I, I don't get it. Like you're saying, it, it's just like, it's a no-brainer. You know what? I, I, I got saved. I just want to serve. And uh, yeah. you talked about being a slave. You know, I tell people, yeah. you know, you want to be great, be a slave. And that doesn't make sense <laughs> to yeah. anybody. It's like, yeah. You mean like to be poor in spirit? No, nah, I'm I'm good. To mourn for my no, nah, I'm good. To be humble, no, no, no. Because you know, weak, meekness is weakness, and it's that worldly mentality that has really crept into the church, where it's like, uh, I I don't serve people. You know, that's not my thing. You know, like, and I tell people there's certain things as a Christian that we should all be doing. It's not like. That's just for them, and that's just for her. No, 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 no. Like, you don't sing? Okay, that's cool. We know that. But, like, to usher, to set up chairs, to pass out flyers, to clean the restrooms, to do whatever needs to be done in the church, it doesn't, it's for everyone. But, you know, some caught it, you know, some haven't caught it. But, amen, what a, what a, it's a, it's a beautiful thing when you can, when you can serve in your local church and make a difference, be that smile, yeah. uh, be that person. Like I, I tell people like, you know, like uh, 
one of the like the best the best positions I like is ushering because you get to meet people yeah. the first time. You can greet them, you know. You give them their newcomer's uh, packet. You ask them their name, or you see them at the door. You greet them because you know a lot of times people they don't they're not coming, and they they haven't made up their mind. I think it says like after the second time they already know they're they're staying or coming back something like that. But the greeter and the usher that's big. Like the security guy in the in the parking lot that, hey, good morning. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And then the dude at the yeah. at the the dude at the the door. Hey, welcome to the church. You know, it's your first time. My name's brother so and so. Oh, this is my daughter. This is my son. And that means a lot. It goes. I mean, you you'd be surprised at how many people, like you know, I'm coming back. Versus, hey, what's up, bro? Like, dang. Okay. I, I probably ain't coming back over here. But amen. Yeah, man. So, uh, nah, yeah, that's good. And so as we close, man, we talked about so much good stuff. Uh, had an amazing, amazing conversation. Um, we always like to end it with this. You know, uh, if you had one message to say, one last message. And I know we talked about getting the gospel right. We talked about the importance right. of preaching the gospel. We talked about, I yeah. mean, that's always the conversation with you, brother. And that's what I love about you is you have made it like it's it's not it's not little to you it's not small to you it's not like a stepping stone it's not like something that can be taken lightly um getting the gospel right um <clears throat> you know uh we talk about you know the, the the different gospels that are out there you know the you know the the gimme 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 i tell it the gimme gimme jimmy gospel or the come to my church everything's going to be all right gospel and the the god's an atm machine gospel god's a genie gospel god will give you everything you want gospel blah 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 blah. but talk to us a little bit about how important it is and this kind of coincides with evangelism how important it yeah. is to evangelize and not just have a passion and and be zealous because you got a lot of guys out there that love to be in the streets they love to witness yeah. but they're not giving the right message but right. they gotten something right. Now they need to get the message right. Yeah. So talk to us about the uh, and closing the importance of evangelism and the importance of getting the message right. Right. So um, that's what we're called to do. Is we're called to uh, share our faith. Right. Every single Christian is called to share their faith. I don't think that. Um, you could actually uh, understand the gospel or have an understanding of the gospel and not want to share it with people. Because when you realize what the gospel is and, and um, what God saved you from, what, what Jesus did for you, that's just going to blow your mind and it's going to make you want to share it with every single person. Um, and then, and it's, it's uh, people are on their way to hell and that's just the truth. People are enemies of God and that's just the truth. People are, um, struggling severely severely depraved deep within their hearts and just because we see people and they got a smile on their face uh we don't really know what's going on in their hearts they're they're really really struggling and we know that because that's what the word of god says and as we look at our at our culture we can just see man that uh it's it's very very rapidly decaying when we see that women want to murder their own children and Men want to call themselves girls. Girls want to call themselves men or they want to call themselves non-nothing or whatever it's called. We could just see. And so the importance of evangelism is um, it's everything. Not only is it 
important for that reason, but it's important also, man, because uh, we're, we're called to do it by God. That's our mission. That's what he saved us for, to go out and to share this gospel with you. We're good to go out and fight this war. We're fighting a war. We're not just, um, we're not just living um, a life that is um, um, happy-go-lucky type of life, but we're, we're, um, we're fighting a war. And the only way to fight that war is, is, is to go out in these streets, mm. first to be prayed up, to be in your word, and to be seeking God first, of course, right? And, and having an understanding of the gospel, but to go out in these streets and not just fighting the air and beating the air, but understanding who you're fighting against and understanding um, what the mission is. And that mission is to, uh, to call every single person at God. We get to partake in his, in his salvation mm. or in his saving grace. We get to be partakers of it. And so our mission to be obedient is like, you know, I look, like to look at the parable of the faithful servant versus the, the unfaithful servant, the two servants that he gave something to, they flipped it, you know, and they turned it into something else. But the one guy, he just took it and he hid it, right? And he was an unprofitable servant. But we're called, we're called to go out by God, right, to do his work. He does his work through us. He uses men to do his work. We get to partake in that, right? And his work is to save people, mm, right? His work is to, uh, to, um, to, to save the lost, right? To choose, he chose the foolish, he chose the weak. And so, um, and then to get it right, man, if you go out there giving people a false gospel, man, that means, uh, uh, man, I mean, whether you do it out of ignorance, that's one thing, but if you're doing that out of just straight, uh, um, I don't know, man, not caring or just irreverence for God, then I think that, uh, that's a very scary place to be, but, um, but actually, uh, wanting to give the right message. And then that message, bro, is that, that all men sin and fall short of the glory of God. Every single person is just totally wickedly depraved in their heart, bro. And, um, and they're enemies of God. They are, they are literally enemies of God. And that's a scary thing to be an enemy of God. Um, and one of the worst things that can happen to a person as an enemy of God is to be given over to a, a depraved mind. That word depraved just is like, it's a very scary word and to know that God can give people over to that depravity is something that is also very like a very fearful thing. I think the Bible says that it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God, mm. bro. And that's just the truth. And if we go out there giving people a false message of, Hey, God loves you. All you got to do is say this prayer and you're in, you know, um, we're setting people up for failure, but we need to go out in the streets and give the true gospel messages that day. And you got to be confrontational. You got to confront them with the law of God. You have to confront them on their sin. Right. And, and, and in doing that, it's not to uh, like Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn the world, but I came to save it mm. because the whole purpose is up that they can't be saved unless they come to an understanding of their sin and that they're not good. And even letting them know and understanding that even in this, even in you being saved, you bring nothing to this. Everything that you need to be saved is in Christ. And when truly when somebody truly gets the understanding of what the gospel is. And that is that you don't bring anything to God, but it was through Christ's perfect work. And by believing in that and by believing in, in, in the promises of God that he gave and by agreeing with God that you're a sinner and repenting and crying out to God and asking him to change your heart through that, through that work taking place. Um, unless you understand that, then there's, um, 
if you give somebody something other than that, um, you're setting them up for failure. But by giving them that, whether they receive it or whether they reject it, now you've done your part as a as a believer, and you've shown your love, because we're 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 to love our neighbor, mm. right? And we when we when we understand what it means to love our neighbor, we understand that if our neighbors are not saved, man, then we should be praying for them because they're on their way. There's a the Bible's it's 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 crazy, man. And I think it even says it says oh I know it says I can't remember the scripture off the top of my head and I don't have it right now, but uh look it up, you know, like Google it, whatever. Um, it talks about that the angels are like gonna they're gonna glorify God when He sends them, when He's when they see when they see in the last day all them people that didn't want to accept Christ, bro, being thrown into hell because it's this, it's a simple matter of like why is God I tell I tell people why is God gonna why is I tell my children why is God gonna send people to hell and the most common answer is well is because of sin and I'm like right that's that's a part of it but What's the real reason why God's going to send people to hell? But God sent his only son mm. to die for everybody, bro. <clears throat> and people just don't want to want to realize that. Uh, the hardest thing about the gospel is realizing that you're not good. Mm, come on. That's the, that's, that is the, that is the hardest thing for people to come to an understanding. Yeah. And even like me, I struggled with that a lot in, in the beginning, bro. And I think that's why I went back to my ways before I actually surrendered is because I was still looking to myself and I didn't really truly believe what God did was good enough for me. Like, Oh, I, I still had to do this. or mm. I still had to do that. You know, I still had it. And I was looking to myself, but the gospel was very clear that there's only one way for somebody to be saved. And that's by believing in the finished work of Jesus Christ and actually receiving the gospel. Because what happens at that, when God, when you believe that and God gives you that new heart, that's when um, the obedience follows and, and all those things. But, but um, the gospel, man, um, and a lot of times I would like to say this too. Yes, Christ came in the flesh through the Virgin Mary, died on the cross for our sins, rose on the third day. That's a lot of things that when we share the gospel out on the streets that, okay, Jesus saved me from my sins, then what? I'm going to die and then what? I'm going to go to heaven forever, right? Well, he actually talks about a resurrection, right? That's a part, that's a part of the of the of the gospel that when Jesus died, he not only, he didn't stay dead, but he rose from the dead. Mm, come on. Right. And then Paul talks about it in first Corinthians chapter 15, that, um, that all of us too, right. He was the, that Jesus was the firstborn amongst many brethren and that all of us that we're waiting for the resurrection of our bodies, you know, to those who are dead in Christ, they'll be risen first. And then those who are still alive, they'll be changed at the twinkling of an eye, but we're going to be given new bodies. Right. Amen. And we're going to talk about a new city. We're going to be living. It's not going to just be us floating in heaven, but that's our hope. Mm -hmm. And so like for us that do believe the gospel, under, or those who do believe in Christ, understanding the resurrection and having that hope for us is like, oh yeah, what, like, what is, what is after this? Yeah. And he said, I go to prepare a place for you. Mm, come on. Right. He's preparing a city that's going to come out of heaven. Right. We're going to live in a city, bro. Like we're going to have real bodies. We're going to have, we're going to have resurrected bodies, eternal bodies, and we're going to live for, for eternity with God. It says there's going to be no sun, but that Jesus will be the light. Mm. He's going to be what's lighting it up, you know, and that and that's our hope that we get to partake in that. Um, and the thing that sustains us, though, is that, just that. 
not prophesying, not uh, casting out demons, not any of those things, but just the fact that our names have been written in the Lamb's Book of Life, the people that rest in that, the people that trust in that, they're going to produce many works for God. They're going to be very fruitful because that's how we're fruitful by the gospel, by believing in that and holding on to that. You know, when we look at uh, Revelation, Jesus uh, rebuked some of the church. I forgot which one it was. I think it's Laodicea or Ephesians. Uh, but he tells them, uh, you forgot your first love. Go back to your first works. Go back to your first love or else I'll remove my lampstand from you, right? Meaning that he'll move on to somebody else, you know, as far as doing the work, right? And then that work, right, we rest in that. We, we do that work and we're very fruitful by remaining in that first love, mm. by remaining and holding, gripping tight onto, God, onto the gospel and not getting into a place where we begin to think that we're doing it or we need to look to ourselves for any other thing. Um, but yeah, man, uh, <laughs> the gospel, gospel is everything, bro. Amen. Good stuff. Good stuff. So we talked about fatherhood. We talked about your testimony coming to faith. You know, you you being there in prison. We talked about the the importance of church attendance, of getting the gospel right. Uh, fatherhood. We talked about so many good things, man. Uh, first of all, I just want to thank you, man. I know this was like some weeks in uh, getting it together, but we finally got it together. And uh, man, I just want to thank you. Any shout outs, anything you want to add before we let you go? church where you go to church maybe where they can um get a hold of you if maybe they want you to come to speak to the men's group the youth group um do you uh, do you have any hidden talents anything we don't know about you you know you like juggle fire or chainsaws or you rap <laughs> i know you preach i know you're a preacher but uh some yeah. shout outs how they can get a hold of you if you're available for men's groups uh, youth groups whatever it may be uh, outreaches talk to us a little bit about that yeah, man. So, so sh shout out to brother Vince in the outside. No, come on. Nah, but for real though, bro. Like, uh, shout out to brother Vince. He's a good brother. He's been uh, he's been there for me. He's been walking with me. Um, as far as ministry goes, I'm connected with brother Vince. We do back to basics. Um, I serve my local congregation is Calvary Chapel Golden Springs. It's a Bible solid Bible teaching church. Our pastor is uh, Pastor Raul Reese. Pastor, his associate pastor is Pastor Dell. Oh man, just being there, um, I've been growing so much in the time that I've been there. Awesome church, man. Uh, as far as talents, bro, I don't, I don't rap. Um, I do poetry, do do spoken words. Oh, okay, Vince has okay. Been trying to, Vince has been trying to encourage me to do that. I don't really like the stage, bro. I like more on a personal setting, teaching. Okay. With a smaller. Are you saying? I signed the Outsiders Music Group. Yeah. Okay, you want to get signed to Pookie Johnson Records? I got you, bro. I got a 360, 380 deal ready for you right now. Now go ahead. Damn man. Be having them, yeah, fire videos, man. All right, so uh, amen. Well, well, I appreciate your time, I appreciate your wisdom. Uh, yeah, I, I, I know, uh, sometimes you know, uh, the reformed community can get somewhat of a bad rap to be like very blunt and very like, you know, 
But I tell people, like, I, I meet dudes that, you know, they're part of the Reform uh, community. Calvinists, not Calvinists, they're just Reformed. Uh, and you know what? There's a love there that you can appreciate for the work of God, for the love of God, uh, for people. And, uh, you know, and uh, I tell people, like, I, I, I try not to... I, I, I meet guys and I'm just like, you know what? They If they got that love for God and love for people, you know, everybody's got their methods and strategies, you know. And um, so, but I know that uh, it was how God brought us together, you know, like Knoxbury Farm, you know, just walking through Knoxbury Farm and, and I seen you coming and I was like, oh, okay, well, let, let's see how this works out. And, and, and instantly, bro, I just felt this, like, like, Something happens when you meet another brother. And it's like we can be from two different parts of the world, two different parts of uh, different backgrounds, different traditions. And there's something about Jesus that just it's like we've known each other forever. You know, and we just clicked and I'm listening to you and we're just talking and we're just like, man, we're just having a good time right there at Knoxbury Farm. So I do appreciate you. I appreciate your friendship. I appreciate. Uh, I I I know I gotta pick up that gift. Hopefully you didn't take it back yet. You're like, nah, you didn't come, dog. We took it back. We got our we got our store credit, buddy. They're like, you're like, we got our store credit already. Don't worry about it. But hey, man, we, I just, again, I want to thank you. I want to thank your wife for uh, releasing you to come and the blessings on you and your family. And um, you guys will continue to do that good work that God's called you to do, man. I appreciate you, man. God bless you. You too. Amen. Well, what another amazing time, <clears throat> brother uh, Jeff. Um, yeah, I, I know his last name, and I don't want to butcher it, but it'll be there here in the description. I want to thank everybody for continuing to support the AV podcast, uh, downloading, uh, downloading, sharing my stuff, uh, listening to the stuff, uh, sharing it. Uh, when I run into people, you know, always getting... Um, uh, it's crazy because, you know, you don't realize what you, when God gives you a, a dream or God gives you a vision, you don't realize the impact you're going to make. And I don't think as Christians, we we really understand the impact we can really make and we're going to make. And we may not know everything, you know, especially with social media, you know, you can make a video to encourage and you just don't know what God's going to do with that. And so I want to encourage you, uh, if God's put something in your heart, Seek it, get wisdom, uh, get understanding about it. Know that God spoke to you first and he told you. But again, I want to thank my my guest, Brother Jeff. Despised and rejected. Man, I love that. I love that. It's very, it's a humble way of saying, you know what? I'm a child of God and I'll take whatever comes along with it. And so, amen. So, right here on the AV Podcast, it's another episode in the books, in the trunk, in the archive, I'm your boy, the People's Preacher, and big shout outs to uh, to those who have continued to encourage, continue to support. I love every one of you. I thank God for all five of you, you know, and um, I just thank God for everything he's doing in my life. And I pray that God would uh, continue to do that good work in your lives. So right here on the AB Podcast, we do two things. We give God glory and we tell stories. And remember, and everything you do. Give God glory, right? I guess this is it, right? Okay, so it's N, N, N. Bye.